Welcome to the newest edition of the Screenfellows Podcast. My name is Carlos. And my name is Ozzy. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the fire documentaries on Netflix and Hulu and the Ted Bundy tapes on Netflix. Enjoy the show. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Ozzy, how are you doing? Uh, busy. Um, <laughs> crammed in random binging yesterday. Unplanned binging yesterday. Um, and yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Pretty Oz- much here. <laughs> Ozzy, Ozzy gets productive when Fortnite goes down, so I, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I, I definitely feel you, man. I'm so, I've been so busy the past uh, weekend and past week or so. Um, I'm exhausted, to be honest, but it is what it is. You know what, Ozzy? <laughs> Uh, before we before we uh, say hi to uh, the person joining us on this episode, I have to say we have not watched. I don't think we've watched a single January movie, have we? We have just one. Oh, one. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, so yeah, you know what? It was. It, it's been a break, you know, and I think it was a needed but unplanned. It was an unplanned but needed break. That's what I'm gonna say. <laughs> We we needed it, yeah. um, but we'll get back to things uh, hopefully in February, and we got some decent movies coming out in February, so that'll be good. Uh, but joining us for this episode is the one and only Noah. Noah, how you doing? I'm sick. <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's awful. You know, it is what it is. Um, I I hope you feel yeah. better, but man, I'll, I'll take some more Advil. Just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so we got like two uh, tired people and a sick person, you know, <laughs> it's going to be a fun episode. All right, here we go. Um, before we get into the Fire Festival thing and the Netflix thing, or in the Ted Bundy things, um, it's like these two things have been like, catching culture by storm, but we are going to start um, by continuing with our road to the Oscars, and this episode we are going to be talking about the best original score category. Uh this is an interesting one. It's always pretty interesting, but there's, I think, some ones that um, stick out. And I'm, I'm curious to hear what you guys think is the clear leader here, if you guys think there is one. So, the nominees are Black Klansman, Black Panther, If Beale Street Could Talk, Isle of Dogs, and Mary Poppins Returns. What stands out to you here, Noah? Well, I mean, I, the front runners for me are Black Clans, or excuse me, not Black Clans, and Black Panther and Isle of Dogs. Because, I mean, those both of those movies so capture the feeling and the atmosphere of their respective settings so perfectly. Like, I mean, Black Panthers, I've said this before on the podcast, but I, Ludwig Gorenson, the, uh, the composer here, created a sound for Wakanda which is so unique. Like you can, in your head, you say Wakanda, you can hear like the drums and those like chants that he put into the thing and the, the very tribal influence. And it sounds great. And then over here with Isle of Dogs, you got Alexandre Duplat with another great score by him. He's a great composer and uh, he's got lots of uh, just the, uh, the traditional instruments he used, the Japanese instruments. It's all very, um, a samurai movie inspired. There's a lot of homages to Seven Samurai. 
in the in the theme. I think they even they have Kikuchiro's theme in the in the soundtrack, and it's um, yeah. So those are easily the two front runners for me. I, I don't even yeah. If it's not one of them, I'll be mad. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Ozzy, what about you? I've only seen three out of the five categories. Uh, I'm sorry, nominees here. So um, I just want everybody to know that. But the three that I've saw that I've seen, I've actually loved all three soundtracks, and I've pretty much complimented each one of their retrospective movie soundtrack. Like I love the Black Clan, Black Clansman soundtrack. Like every time Denzel, you know, um, what's his name, John. Washington, I think that's what his name is. I don't know. I'm so sorry, my guy. But <laughs> every time that actor came into the into the into the scene, um, he would, you know, there would be this soundtrack, and it would just go with what he was going for. And I loved it because that soundtrack really, in my opinion, really just brought his character more character. It gave him his swagger. And then I agree with you and what you said about these other two movies. With Isle of Dogs and and, and and Black Panther, you know I, I couldn't agree with you more. I mean that that composer he made a really iconic sound with Wakanda, and I feel that if Wakanda, you know, there's ever going to be a reboot of Black Panther, which I know is way too soon to be talking about, <laughs> but if there was, a, you know, in 20 years from now, it's going to be really hard to compose something different from that. You know what I'm saying? Because that's such an iconic, and I think and. Honestly, I think this is the best soundtrack that we've gotten in the MCU and all the movies is this specific soundtrack. So, you know, I give you, you know, no, I agree with you in that retrospective there. And then on Alexandre Desplat, I mean, he did he did a fantastic job in Hall of Dogs. I mean, and I love that opening soundtrack that you get going into the movie. It's it's so great. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy about all three of those. I haven't seen a Beale Street talk or Mary Poppins, so I really can't. I really can't talk there, so. Uh, I've, I've got I've got one more thing about Black Panther. Sure. Um, a little personal anecdote. So Black Panther, excuse me, Black Panther came out in February, and the scene in Infinity War where you know I think it's like um, Steve Rogers says, "Oh, I know where we can go," and then like they play the theme mm -hmm. to Wakanda. Like people were like cheering. That's how iconic it was. It was so like it it was so representative of that film that in two months people were able to instantly recognize what Wakanda sounds like. And I think that's just such an accomplishment, I guess, for the movie to be so sonically branded, yeah. I guess. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I've seen, I think I've seen all of these. Yeah, I have. And uh, Black Panther, I, we've talked about it to death here, but I mean, come on. <laughs> that was one of the main things I wanted to talk about after that movie. It's uh, I'm probably going to be rooting for that one. Um, I Love Dogs is a great choice. Mary Poppins Returns, uh, as uh, many of you know, was on my favorites of the year list. I love that movie. Um, and I think it's a very uh, well-deserved nomination here. The one that kind of stands out to me is, but not necessarily, is If Beale Street Could Talk. I, I don't, I, I've watched that movie, I liked that movie, but the score didn't really stand out to me. I don't know, maybe I need to rewatch it, like, with the intention of listening to it, but I don't know. That, it's just, seeing that one was like, okay, I mean, I guess, sure. Um, but I don't really know what I'm putting in instead of that. I mean, 
one that came to mind, but maybe I'm thinking of the of the first one is Incredibles two. I love the score for the first one. I can't remember. I feel like this one was good from what I remember. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was good. Um, Incredibles two. So that that might be one that I would throw in there. Um, is there any um, any snubs that you guys think should have been nominated? Eighth grade. I love the score in eighth grade. Good call. It's I like super, really super upbeat, super fun. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe Witty Player One. Okay. All right. That was that was Alan Silvestri, right? He did that, yeah. or at least somebody trying to sound like Alan Silvestri. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I, I actually do not know. I would have to pull that up. But yeah. So I I guess the big takeaway is there's no clear like clear and obvious like oh my gosh this should have been nominated, um, but. I, I like this this batch of nominees here, so that's pretty good. Um, yeah. From just... I mean, I may, have, I may have also thrown maybe like an Alation in there. Okay, I could see that. Alation does have a pretty unique... Yeah. And this is the second time I've mentioned an Alation, by the way. <laughs> Do you like that movie uh, more than you remember? Interesting. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, I really don't. It's just, I mean, I'm just saying visually it'll look great. And then the soundtrack, like again... Yeah, yeah. Just purely rewatching the third deck, I was just, just like and mesmerizing just as I was like, this is mesmerizing. This is getting me more into the film. So yeah, um, any soundtrack that that does that obviously is doing a great job. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. All right, well, let's move on and start talking about uh, these documentaries, and we're gonna start with uh do you want to start with the netflix one since that's the one we've all seen or do you ozzy do you want to lead things off with the hulu one which you have seen well, we can all do things we can we can do it uh from we can start from the netflix one and, and then go to the hulu one but right. want to do. sounds good right. let's sounds start good. there um this fire it's just the netflix one's just fire right uh i think so yeah it's Let like me... fire the greatest party that never happened it's yeah like something like that um this, if you do not know, which I was surprised at how unaware of this entire thing I was. I feel like because I was thinking, honestly, yeah, same. yeah, because uh, I, I like, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like maybe this came at, or maybe this is something that happened like mid to maybe late 2000s where I'm just kind of like, I, I'm like maybe in high school, I'm not really paying attention. Social media is not as, I'm not as big into social media, so maybe I just missed it. But this happened like two years ago. So yeah, I really, 2017. yeah, I really should have known about this, but I don't know. I guess I, I, I yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just strange. It was a strange experience for me. But yeah, um, this is about a uh, music festival that completely fell apart. Like it was supposed to be this big thing. People bought tickets for sometimes like what thousands of dollars, and um, it never happened. And the parts of it that did happen were essentially just a refugee camp. <laughs> so it's um, it's really one of the more insane uh, subjects to do a documentary on. I mean, it's a very fascinating documentary. I enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I I don't know like. Uh, documentaries are weird for us to talk about, but uh, man, this is—I I was kind of like, with, with my experience with this documentary, I was kind of like yeah. on the side of, I feel like they were just like way in over their heads. But then the documentary to- spoilers, I guess? Question mark. Uh, <laughs> takes a turn towards the end, where it's like this dude was just a terrible human being, and I don't know if like this experience led him to be a terrible human being, or if he always was. I, I, where do you fall down on this based on the Netflix one, Noah? 
I mean, it, it is in the very end that they kind of just like rest all of the blame down yeah. on this guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. Something McFarlane. Um, Billy McFarlane. Billy. Yeah, Billy McFarlane. Yeah, and he just seems like a terrible person. So I think someone called him like a sociopath. Yeah. I mean, I kind of agree. Or just like, like he was so, they, they had footage of him just like after everything had went down, he just like called up some friends and just started scamming people again. Yeah. Just like right away. Not he a care was on in the parole. world. He was like, yeah, hey, let's get this bread. I'll just call people up and sell them fake Grammy tickets. And it's just like, wow, this guy is so removed from any sense of, like, consequences that he's just like, I'm not going to jail. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And, well, he went to jail, so. <laughs> spoilers. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not really spoilers. I mean. <laughs> well, but yeah, I, I mean, this is a real life. I know. Like, I mean, the whole thing was spoilers. I didn't know what happened. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, I, like, like just we're watching the beginning of it, like, with all these, like, with all these freaking like Conan who like pay attention to on YouTube, I'm just like, why didn't I even know about this? Like, I don't even remember <laughs> remotely about this at all. Oh man, I, I really like the the this this documentary. Um, I'm gonna say slightly more than the Hulu one, even though the Hulu one does have a lot to offer as well. Um, man, Billy McFarlane, wow, <laughs> not a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I mean, so the whole the whole point of this is basically just for the just you know for those of you guys who did not pay attention to this like we did. Um, what basically what it's about is it's about this you know this entrepreneur who essentially um, quote unquote buys an island and then tries to throw a, a huge 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 music festival there. And basically the whole thing that happened is is that he basically had basically sold a lot of things that weren't even available on the island, basically committing fraud. Um, then when it came down to the festival, he had all these people that had bought tickets to come see these these musical performers not even be there. Their, everything that these people bought wasn't even there. It was just it was just a huge, huge... It was just a bad, bad thing happened. Like, nothing... Like, these people basically had to sleep outside. These people had to sleep in, like, hurricane relief tents uh, and then the next day they had to fly out of there like it was so like it was it was terrible um and and basically you know this guy is you know billy mcfarland and now they did, a doc they did two documentaries on him and it's basically like hulu and netflix kind of you know i like i want i was interested to see both just because of uh, how the two compared now netflix has it i mean this is this is actually what's interesting about this is that this is actually produced by jerry media um, mm -hmm. so I really? Find it really, yes. So I find it really interesting because the Hulu one is not directed by Jerry media and the Hulu documentary actually has an interview with Billy McFarland in it. Um, so it's just like, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, so this one, I liked a little bit more just because of the fact that this one dope. And and this is this is, screen fan screen what is it, screen rate kind of used this in particular because I wanted to see kind of like a summary of the differences mm -hmm. and I actually agree with this what they said in their article that they kind of dive deeper into what happened in you know you know under the lines of a fire festival under the fire company because this one you have 
you know, team members were working close with Billy McFarland, you know, McFarland kind of giving what was happening, what was supposed to happen. And that's honestly what I really, really liked about it is that you yeah. kind of got what the idea was and then what ended up happening and why it happened that particular way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really liked that particular aspect of this, of this documentary. Um, I don't know what you guys thought. Like, I don't know what specific well, yeah. part it's, did you guys really like? For me, it was definitely just seeing how this whole thing, because again, this to me, it, the, the way the Netflix one at least paints it is that this was just a grand idea that they just had that completely spiraled out of control and just got so far ahead of them. And they just kept trying and trying and trying to fix it. And I think somebody in the documentary puts it really well when they said it's almost like they were enabling these people by putting out fires. Like, by solving problems, they were basically saying, look, we can do this when they, there was no way that they were ever going to be able to do this. And I think that was a great way uh, to put it. And that's how the whole thing kind of reads to me, especially uh, the way they portrayed it. Now, again, this whole thing is fascinating. We'll talk about this a little bit more, but there's this whole rivalry between these two and like Netflix released a trailer for theirs and then Hulu just dropped theirs to get it out first and it's craziness in and of well, itself. The thing, the thing yeah. that's interesting about the Hulu one is that, you know, I was reading, again, I, was, I just like reading articles and, 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 you know, apparently there were shots thrown at like Netflix. Yeah. But no, I mean, Hulu's documentary also took shots at Jerry Media. Mm-hmm. Because mm. that's they not were surprising. Saying, yeah. I mean, because I mean, what what really happened was because I mean, Jeremy was actually involved in fire. And yeah. Mm-hmm. Fire yeah. So they're also just like, I mean, shouldn't these other people be account be held accountable? Like, they, I mean, because clearly, I mean, if you look at the Netflix documentary, these people kind of knew what was going on. They just kept saying okay, and then they continued going along with it. So that's. What I find interesting, because like yeah. at some point in time, like you kind of have to. I think only one person in the in the Netflix documentary really was just like, "Dude, what you're doing isn't right," and then he got fired for it. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that was like the only person who was really doing it, but everybody kept continuously going, "Okay, okay." I mean, and honestly, one of the guys said something on here, which I literally thought only honestly for all intents and purposes, I thought it would only be like a Hollywood stint. And it was about it was about like one of what the older entrepreneurs was supposed to do. Yeah. And I don't oh know my god! Get yeah. No. But I was just like, oh is man, this a documentary at this point in time. Like I couldn't believe that's that, in, that was that insane. Was to and mm-hmm. I was oh my god! Mind blown over that. Like, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> man, oh. but I, like, but at the same time, like I I feel to empathize to a degree with him because it's like you kept going with this thing like you kept going you kept feeding this this the sociopath to keep to keep doing things like this because yeah. i mean i mean my whole thing is first of all i would never never in a million years spend two hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> just to go on an island get away for two days yeah uh, and rough. then this dude wanted to have like you know like a little wristband where you also had to put three thousand dollars and at least just to buy everything, <laughs> at least three thousand yeah. dollars. I was like, "What?" <laughs> so, um, I would have never done that. But this whole thing is, I mean, it's just so it's just such an interesting story. Yeah, because I mean, it's you have people literally. I mean, you. I mean, and this is from both accounts of Hulu documentary and also 
Netflix is documentary. People were selling their houses to go to this thing. Okay, so I mean, does the ridiculous. Hulu one does the Hulu one focus more on the victims of this? It seems the Hulu focused more on the victims a little bit more because the interesting thing about this is that they have the blogger who's who's both present and both. They uh-huh. also have the lawyer, one of the lawyers that is present in both. And then they have the guy who ended up creating like fire fraud on Twitter. Um, he's also in both. He's more present, but they're all more present in the Hulu one, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but the whole thing seems to be that Hulu, the thing that, that I would say that, that Hulu has it as an advantage is that they actually had an interview with Billy McFarland. Well, isn't isn't thing. the whole controversy that they paid him or something like that? I don't know about. I didn't. I didn't look. In, I didn't. Re, I didn't do too much research into that yeah. particularly. And if but that's I mean, true, even then, but even then, like the whole thing that kind of gets me upset about the Hulu one to a degree. I like the Hulu one because Hulu's one, like Netflix, takes their time to kind of get there as compared to Hulu. Hulu, you actually kind of get, you kind of grip your seat to a degree because you, they kind of count down like, all right, it's only like seven days, and then it's the, like mm-hmm. this just like people are breaking down. Six, what are we gonna do? Seven, like five, and then it's just like you feel the intensity just by them doing that countdown, mm-hmm. and then people mm-hmm. talking about like everything that's going wrong, and you're just getting it so fast. It's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, this is actually pretty bad. Um, and you got, and you feel that intensity just by how these people are talking. Um, and the Hulu one does focus a little bit more on the victims there, the people that went there and everything. You also had some of the influencers there also talking. You also have now Billy's uh, girlfriend also talking and why she's kind of with him because she doesn't really see the sociopathic, you know, tendency. She kind of just, she kind of feels like a connection basically with him. And I think she's still with him from what I saw in the documentary. They were still together. <laughs> That's a great um, So, yeah, I mean, and, and, you know, you see Billy, the thing that, again, that I really don't like about this particular documentary is that they'll ask Billy questions. And, like, half the time, I'd say at least, at least 40% of the time, um, Billy will be asked a question, and then, like, he won't answer it, and they'll still keep it, like, they'll, they'll cut at a different angle of Billy's face of him not answering that question, and then they'll just cut to, like, a different scene. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I'm pretty sure he said something. He was just thinking about something. I would like to know what he said. Yeah. But, I mean, it's just, that's kind of what they did, and I know why they did mm-hmm. that, because, I mean, he was a liar. He was so, so, I mean, he was just, a, he was honestly just a huge manipulator. I mean, what he was able to get away with was absolutely ridiculous. I mean, this guy scammed millions of dollars. I mean, the thing mm. that the that the Hulu one shows is that he actually wanted, and I think they got him like a pirate ship, like he really wanted this pirate ship on there, <laughs> like like <laughs> the island. I, I, I just had to process like, that for a second. Yeah, and people were just. I mean, like, I want a pirate oh, ship we, too. So we can't do this, and he was like, "I want it," <laughs> and I think they got it for him. <laughs> like, and he got it. Was, yeah, and it's just so insane that they kept. Because he would not take no for an answer. So people were just like, okay, I guess we're getting a pirate ship. So, I mean, it was honestly just so insane. I mean, and, and, and you know, the interviewer asked him, it's just like, well, why didn't, why didn't these people go to their, to their, you know, Airbnbs? Like, why did they not get like these, you know, why weren't they driven on like nice cars? And then his response was, we had a box 
of all those keys and somebody lost the box. Interesting. <laughs> it's just like that. you lost the box worth of like 20 something like worth worth millions of dollars. You lost that box and you didn't think to replace the keys. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, okay. Where do you fall down on the, on the question of was this his intent the entire time? Did like, was he out to scam people? I mean, he was. I think he was too. I mean, I think, I think he, I mean, I don't even, I mean, even if he wasn't, he really underestimated everything because the whole thing that the Netflix one points out that, that, um, that the Hulu one doesn't was that, you know, he apparently had this, like, you know, he apparently had Pablo Escobar's island, mm-hmm. you know, but then he advertised that and then that's why he went to this other one. Um, so, I mean, I do think in reality that he wanted to have it. I just, he's never planned anything like this before and yeah. he's overhyping it and he's mm-hmm. trying to make it the best party of the year, you know, and he's overhyping it, overselling it, but he doesn't, I mean, that's why the guy was concerned because the guy's like, listen, you need a crap load yeah. of toilets. You can <laughs> fit 10,000 people on like in a thousand person. Yeah. Like, you know, that could only inhabit like 1,000 people. Like, this is mm-hmm. insane. Um, so I don't, you know, and, and when he was hearing this, I mean, you kind of, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, they were kind of comparing him to Trump to a degree where he's like, I don't want to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear that. It's, 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 it has to it has to be like it's, uh-huh. there has to be a way. So, well, I, mean, I I guess I think he really overestimated it. Yeah, you know? like even if he wanted to make this happen, he completely overestimated what he was doing. Yeah, because yeah. His, the whole thing was that he was. I mean, people were calling him like the next Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, he he had his own. He created his own card company, and people were, you know, giving him. You know, he was reaching all these headlines, doing everything. So in his eyes, I'm assuming he's like, I'm doing all this, you know, I'm, I'm winning. I already have my own card company. I'm teamed up with Ja Rule. We're going to create this huge festival. He knows what he's doing. I have a great team of talented people. They know what they're doing. Everything's going to work out. There's no way that this can't work out for me, especially since I have millions of dollars. I'm paying everybody millions of dollars here. It's going to go fine. You know what? But I, then, like, he just kept overestimating it. That's yeah. his thing. He kept being so conceited with it, see, so confident. See, the it. thing is, I, I feel like I've just, in my head, talked myself out of the fact that he was just stupid. Uh, like, I, I, <laughs> I've talked, I've, I've talked to my, because generally, and I think this shows a little bit of my personality and how I take people, just in general, is I tend to downplay how manipulative and evil people are, and like uh, just overestimate people's stupidity Gen- a lot of the time i just I, when i when it comes down to somebody doing something i judge their intent as they're probably just an idiot instead of they're probably out to get people but i now that i think about it like especially given the context of how the netflix one ends and the stuff that he was doing at the end and when they talk about yeah. his previous venture and how that company was shady too like i, I don't think i do think he was a stupid he's a stupid person and like a lot of this is because he's dumb. I do think, but I do think but, that like he was a dumb person. Yes, but, but I also think that like he did. But I think, <laughs> I think the stupidity lies in that he thought he could get away with this. 
That's where yes. the stupidity is. Like he thought, yes. you know what? We're going to do this. It won't be as nice as we're advertising, but that's fine. It'll work out like nobody's going to care. Of course, people. what do you think? He thought this was going to work out. Like, that's where the stupidity is. So, yeah, yes, he's dumb. And I'm right in my initial reaction of that, I think. But I think the stupidity is not in like, oh, this is going to work out. Uh, like, I'm sure we can get this done. I think the stupidity is this will work out. Nobody will care. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean in a certain sense, I can relate to that sort of like, oh, it'll be fine. Because, yeah. I mean, you know, at school, I've definitely had <laughs> that sort of mentality. They're like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And they get the grades back. And it's like, oh, Yikes. it wasn't good. It wasn't <laughs> fine. So, yeah. He was I mean, definitely Sadie. I mean, there's no question about it. Yeah. Yeah, no. Did we yeah. bleep that? What? I got you. All right. Um, Any final thoughts on these? um... No, no. What do you? What do you you have for final thoughts? Oh, um, no, no. I think it's interesting. Uh, There, there was um, there's a YouTuber called the Internet Historian, and he did. He was the first uh, information I got, uh, or he he produced the first video, or really any kind of recap on Fire Festival that I'd ever seen. And he, do, he takes a pretty comedic approach because that's his shtick. Mm-hmm. And uh, one thing he highlights is that not everyone who went to Fire Festival was rich. The tickets were actually sold at a very low cost in some instances. And that's something that, like, the media was completely oblivious to and completely chose to, like, the media sometimes dumped on the victims, and, like, we call them the victims now, but at the time it was like, oh, look at these dumb, rich teens who thought they were going to have this great party. It was like, it was really easy to make fun of these rich kids. But in actuality, it was, you know, middle-class people because some of the tickets were, like, advertised. I think it was it was something like $500, not including your airfare. And it was, an I mean, it was an all-inclusive stay at this music festival like why would you not do that if you could afford it and it was prime spring break time it was like yeah so i didn't uh hear anything about that i didn't hear any um mention about that in the netflix documentary also f jerry is garbage they've um built a company off of stealing other people's content and i don't think anybody should ever support them ever especially after this yeah, so, I mean, I, I think so the whole thing is, is super shady. I think it's yeah. so messed up. And I think I, I found it super funny how this how Billy was trying to do the same thing, but on a much quieter, lower scale with this with the tickets. Yeah. It'd be like, yo, I got these MVP baseball tickets. And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> again, I have these Beyonce, Jay-Z concert tickets. And it was just, he's, he's wow. I mean, I, I mean... People are questioning, like, do you think he deserves more than six months? I mean, sorry, six years. I think he deserves more than six years. Yeah. I mean, presumably, the first thing he's going to do when he gets out after six years is keep doing it. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's going to change. I don't think he's going to change either. I mean, yeah. this is just... I mean, because apparently, I think in the Hulu one, I find it funny. Because in the Hulu one, they actually his girlfriend actually tells us what he's doing and he's teaching a class there. I think about like a music, like teaching like a musical program or something like something like that. And yeah. I'm just like, how does this guy just 
anywhere he goes. Just get this much leadership. Like, what are you I think, going on? I think like, like the <laughs> real life, um, uh, what's his name from Catch Me If You Can? He's like oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think he's that. just um, super, super charismatic. I think that's what it boils down to. Like, this dude gets people to follow him. And I know, like, w- one of the things you talked about before was uh, what that one guy was willing to do. Um, for th- for this festival, and it's like to me that's more says like this guy was so convinced of Billy McFarland and what he wanted to do that he was willing to do this for him, like that's insane, and that's the kind of charisma that this yeah. dude had, and it's almost like a cult leader, you know? It's like this is crazy. Yeah. Um, it's these same kind of people, but yeah. Um, my last thoughts on on this is number one, or I have two. Number one we live in a terrible world. I, I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, to me, like, Billy comes across as a terrible person. Uh, the people, um, who, the people, uh, well, we, the company who made the Netflix one. Um, F. Jerry. F. Jerry. They Jerry. come across as terrible people. Um, <laughs> like, they, they, like, I feel like they made this to make it look like they didn't do much and it was all him. And it's like, there's angles to all of this and then the Hulu paying, uh, Billy, you know, like this is this is all messed up. This whole situation is messed up, even down to the making of these documentaries. If we're being honest, so the 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 world is terrible. That's my first takeaway. <laughs> my second takeaway is due to the fact that none of us were aware of this two years ago. How how should we how should we um, interpret that? We don't follow enough Instagram models. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I, <laughs> we, that's we just don't we would have known if we would have followed more instagram models so there we go there we go that's our lesson for the day follow more instagram models and the world is terrible we don't because they're following allowed <laughs> thousands of people to get scammed or hundreds you I know you can take it two ways somebody i can't believe somebody paid kendall jenner to freaking post a post for $250,000. That happens every day, my friend. Honestly, genius. No, I don't know what happens, but I was blown away. I was like, what is the world coming to? (laughs) (laughs) Can I get paid that? Like, I mean, just for about to get I have like 400 followers. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pay you $10. (laughs) 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 Promote my... (laughs) (laughs) I'll build a music festival in my backyard. It's just going to be me. All right. Uh, are Ozzie. you actually going to perform or are you going to not be there? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, that's the catch. That's the catch. <laughs> you got me. I'm All right. Uh, Ozzy, do you have anything else? No, I mean, this guy's shady. Um, I mean, <laughs> I can't wait to see what he does when he gets out because I'm just yeah. going to be like, man, I mean, Whatever he's doing, I'm not gonna do it. Like I'm not gonna believe him at all. But I feel like people are still gonna try to believe him. And it's ridiculous <laughs> to me. Like, I feel like I feel like he's gonna be. I feel like he's gonna try to create like some other festival. People are gonna be like, "Yo, let's go!" And, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> and it'll be like it'll start out really? as a joke, but then people are like actually going, and you're just like, "What is happening?" <laughs> um, I just love. I mean, I just. I mean, the the whole thing is like. I mean, I agree with you. I mean, yeah. It's people, all messed I mean, up. Those, the Netflix, the Netflix one, I like just because they go deeper into it and you do see their side of things. But at the same time, it's like you guys kept giving in to this because <laughs> you guys said no, and then you guys were just like, I mean, 
So, All right. I mean, that's what these that's what these kind of people do, though. They surround themselves with people who don't say no. You know, and it's yeah, just exactly, and it's just it's pretty. I mean, I can't believe that guy was going to go to the extent. And guys, if you guys want to know what I'm talking about, just watch, just watch it because <laughs> it literally, I it's literally like an HBO thing. I literally thought I was like, this is literally what a character would do in HBO. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think that this was real life. I was like. I, not only that they asked that man to do that, but that the man he he'd see, he see, he described it almost as if he was in a trance. Yeah, like he's like I found myself on my way to doing it, and I was just like, what? <laughs> no. Yeah, because like I was him, I was expecting him I was expecting him to say like no, I'm not doing it. I'm done. It's over. He was just like, I find myself getting ready to. Take another one for the team. Take, I was like, take, take one for the take team. An, take, take one for the team. What do you What do you mean? Take one for the team. Oh. <laughs> wow. You know that's yeah. that's gonna be code from now on. Whenever I'm mad at you, I'm gonna go tell you to take one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's a new insider. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on. Let's move on from this terribleness. Some <laughs> more terribleness. Yes, the more terribleness. Um, you know, because again, what did we learn today? The world is terrible. All right, so the Ted Bundy stuff. <laughs> Basically, we had a docu series on Netflix about uh, Ted Bundy. So there's the Ted Bundy. What's it called? The Ted Bundy tapes, something like that. Yeah. Yes. Um, Conversations with the Ketter, Keller. Yeah. Ted Bundy. Um, implying that it's gonna be. There's gonna be more. I think. Yeah. Ozzy has watched the entire thing. Correct. Yes. And Noah, you've watched uh, part uh, of it. First episode and a half, I think. Yeah. Um, I have not watched any, <laughs> but um, I'm interested to see what you guys have to say. So, uh, is it worth the watch, Ozzy? I think it is, but it's definitely really chilling. I mean, yeah. like, it's super <laughs> chill. But, like, the last episode, I'm sorry to spoil it, but, like, the last because the whole thing, the whole thing about Ted Bundy, because I honestly have only heard Ted Bundy's, and I'm, if I'm going to be honest with you, I've only heard Ted Bundy's name once, and that was on a diss that Lil' Kim relates to. Nicki Minaj. That's true. So, like, I didn't even know who Ted Bundy was. And then I was like, the Ted Bundy tapes? What? And then it's a conversation with the killer, and I was like, I gotta see this. And then I was clicking, I was like, this is so cool yet so eerie and creepy because how they'll like they have these tapes of like they have recording they have hours of conversations with Ted Bundy and like they'll just show a picture of him talking and it's just so creepy and even the last episode I mean like that's when they kind of that's when they finally revealed that you know he admitted to the killings and there's this Literally, I think it's like a 20 second scene where they do like a slow panel from like his mouth to his eyes where he's whispering that he severed a girl's head and like where he left it. Oh and it's God. just so because it's like the way he whispers it, and he's like, yeah, yeah, And I was like, what? And it just sounds so creepy. I could not go to sleep after I heard that episode. I was like, oh boy, is Ted like, is there a serial killer in my car? Because I do not want like it's just. It, it's so weird. And the interesting thing about this, because now you brought up, you know, we brought up the trailer. The same guy who directed the this documentary, the four episodes, Joe Berlinger, he actually directed the movie that Zach Afron's in. Uh, what? People wake to, yes. And it blew, it 
blew my mind when I found out. I was like, wow. what? We because get into that. Two completely different tones. <laughs> Man, that's we have insane. a lot to talk about. <laughs> it's it's yeah. honestly insane. Yeah, because I mean, you I mean, you have this trailer, which yeah, we'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into it. But I mean, I was just kind of just like, man, like I really don't know how to feel. And then when I looked up like the the person, the people who directed the trailer. Who directed the movie? I'm sorry, and then who directed the documentary? I was like, wow, it's the same guy. So I mean, I don't know. It's really interesting. What do you think, uh, Carlos? Uh, it sounds. <laughs> I, I feel like a lot. As much as this is weird to say, I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat as you. I kind of am too. Like Ted Bundy's a name you always hear, but you don't really like know anything about it. Um, <laughs> Uh, as opposed to the fire <laughs> festival where like you had heard nothing about it and we're just like what is this it's, at least you're like aware of the name of ted mundy um but yeah i i don't know thank you lil kim <laughs> like but i i'm it's in the same vein man like i'm in the same vein like i have heard the name i don't really know anything about him so i'm curious about this docuseries and I, the tr- the trailer for that movie is something else, but uh, we can talk about that. One of the the only takeaway I have from this uh, series that I have not seen is all the people on Twitter. Like, I don't know if it's joking. I feel like it didn't start as joking, but now it is. Of uh, people saying that, ooh, Ted Bundy was hot, and it's like, what is? Happening? Oh my god, what is happening? <laughs> he he wasn't though. Like, I'm sorry, but he, he wasn't an attractive guy. He was attractive. For a serial killer, but like that just means average looking. Like this isn't an age where we had Charles Manson, who was like, who looked like an actual demon. Yeah, like I mean, what, what I mean, what the women? I mean, just going off of because I mean, even women in the seventies and eighties were, you know, they were in these trials, and you had some of these women just like, yeah, like I would, you know, talk to him, and and this is like. What? Like, like, yeah, like, but you had, like, maybe one person say, okay, like, no, like, I would actually be really scared to be in a room with him. And you had these girls, just like, yeah, like, he just doesn't look like the type to <laughs> kill anybody. And the thing is, it's just like, I mean, think about it. I mean, this guy was an enigma, you know, it's just like, this dude literally took away women and killed them. But I mean, it was, for some reason, it was kind of erotica for these people back in the day because it, it's, apparently, I mean, and I mean, I'm not. I mean, I'm not. I'm not a girl who thinks that he's attractive or anything. I mean, I, I mean, I don't get the appeal, honestly. But I mean, hey, I'm, I guess me and you know I'm the minority. But I mean, this guy was. I mean, apparently he was super attractive, and you know that's why people. That's why women went with him because I mean, this guy. I mean, he had a nice voice. I mean, I don't listen. Apparently, he had a nice voice. I only heard tapes. I don't know. But, I mean, apparently everybody really liked his voice. This guy was, I mean, even in the courtroom, I mean, you, the judge even even was just like, man, I mean, I wish I wish you would have gone a different way because I would have loved to work with you in the courtroom. But, fortunately, you chose another path. So, this is really interesting, the whole stigma behind Ted Bundy. It's really interesting to me. Yeah. And it's actually- this, it's just so interesting. And I... It, I'm glad that I watched this documentary because it, it yeah. he's one, like one of the most iconic serial killers. Mm-hmm. No, what do you think about the episode that you watched? Um, well, it's actually really funny. You remind me, like they show they show pictures to, of, of the girls, uh, 
Um, and this is not in any disrespect, but the girls are very attractive. And that's why he went to kill them. That's why it was it was a reason he like went for pretty girls. And it's funny because people think that like people are giving him the like status of being attractive when like these girls, I don't feel like they needed to talk to him. <laughs> they were, they seemed out of his league. I don't get that. That's crazy. I mean, I mean, when you come up with the pictures, like, hey, you know, I'm in law school. You know, oh, okay. All right. That's true. He's got one out. of the most, which I couldn't believe, but, you know, he had the Volkswagen, which was one of the most drivable cars in the 70s. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to catch okay. a lot of eyes. Right. He had the car. Saying? He had the job. He's... You know, he had the hair in the 70s, yeah. too. I mean, I mean, and the thing that was interesting about Ted Bundy was he would change his appearances. Yeah. He was able to change his appearances erratically and it was insane and then on top of that i mean the thing that you keep hearing in this documentary is we did not have the technology that we have today because i mean the only reason why they caught him was because somebody a cop caught him driving too like caught him driving slowly um which means i mean i took that as an assumption that he was just hunting for somebody else so i mean it's just really interesting behind the whole stigma behind Ted Bundy because I mean, who knows if that cop didn't even catch him? Would he still be out today? Because I mean, he he escaped twice, and after he escaped the second time, I mean, he killed two women. Almost, I think he almost killed like one or two other women. But I mean, he killed two women brutally in in in, in FSU and um, he almost killed another girl. And it was just it's so brutal on how he killed these women. I mean, I think I mean, there's even a courtroom scene where he's having the police describe what he saw going into the room. And he would be like, tell me how he'd be like in the courtroom. He was like, which I, by the way, I could not believe that this judge allowed him to be a part of his defense team. Mind you, because he would question the cop and he would be like, okay, tell me what specifically you saw when you entered the room. Tell me where the blood was, how much blood was there. Tell me how the body looked, where the bite marks were, how her arms were positioned, her legs. Like, it was, he wanted specific detail just so that he can think about that moment again and relive it in his head. And that's so psychotic, in my opinion. Like, wow, like, he need, had that, going in an entire courtroom. I mean, it was so crazy, so crazy. And I think he might have even gone away with, with even the court proceedings, honestly. But, 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 I mean, he kept, his defense team was, kept trying to help him, but he kept acting like he was the smartest person in the room. Ironically, kind of just like, you know, um, Billy McFarland, you know? You keep thinking that you're the smartest person in the room. <laughs> Not yeah, trying to. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they did completely different things. Um, <laughs> but I mean, but you think you're the smartest guy in the room, and you think you're gonna win, but you, you know, you don't. Um, so it was very interesting to kind of see that play out in, you know, kind of kind of the whole grand scheme of things, where he, you know, he was in a courtroom, you know, literally talking to the witnesses, literally helping his defense team, and that's such. I'm not gonna believe that. That's what he did. He was literally helping his defense team trying to get him uh, relieved of all these charges. 
And, you know, he was, I mean, in the interview, you know, with these tips, they're, they were telling me, like, listen, like, because the, obviously the lawyers that, that were trying to help him were still alive and they'd be like, listen, like, you have to take this, this plea deal, this, this, this plea deal, I'm sorry, um, so that you can avoid death row or, you know, so that we can try to get you out of death row. And he would be like, um, for instance, like, they were trying to say, like, okay, like, he's mentally ill, but he would feel insulted and then be like, <laughs> no. <laughs> we're not doing that because I'm not mentally ill. So it would it was like literally like he was helping himself get defeated. He was helping the state win, which yeah. is so ironic about the whole trial as well. I mean, it's just so crazy. And again, I mean, they caught this guy in in they caught him in north, you know, northern Florida, I believe in like Tallahassee or something like that, you know, driving so, you know, driving slowly. And I think honestly, it just gets me thinking like he was literally hunting on another woman, like honestly. Yeah. And, you know, he had a different appearance. He wouldn't tell them who, you know, what his first and, you know, what his name was because of the fact that, um, you know, they found out that he had fake ID in the 70s, apparently. It was just like a sheet of paper, like a, like a little yeah, sheet yeah. where it was so easy to, again, it was easy to have a fake ID. And the real guy ended up calling, like, hey, like, that's not me. <laughs> so it was just so interesting to kind of have that on there. Uh, um, no, I mean, what do you think about all, all this? I mean, I, I think it's um, it's interesting to see a documentary that is scary, <laughs> like in, in a certain way. Like it is, as you said, it is chilling. Like there was one in the first episode, I believe, there's a sequence where a woman describes just barely not getting murdered by him, and like the way they cut it and the pace at which it goes, it's just like wow. I was like, I was like oh my gosh, this is this is terrifying um, to even conceive and just like, yeah, I mean, I, I, hearing you talk about it makes me excited to finish the rest of it because I do want to, you know, do uh, go into this. And it also makes me want to rewatch uh, Mindhunter. So good. <laughs> yeah. Remember, yeah, um, I mean, the, I mean this, this whole thing similarities. Just, yeah, I mean, this whole, I mean, this is one of the most chilling documentaries, murder, you know, investigative things I've ever seen in the entirety of, of that genre there. I mean, that's why it was interesting to me to kind of see this trailer because the whole thing with this trailer is... Um, For the, the movie with Zac Efron, that, right? You know, is that... Yeah, Zac Efron is that you yeah. know, glorifying... Right. Yeah, should we get into that, I guess? Yeah, let's yeah, just do it. Yeah, let's, yeah, let's right. just segue into it. Is that it's glorifying um, Ted Bundy. And, mm -hmm. you know, you so it's really divisive from what I've seen on social and yeah. what what I mean, I haven't seen interviews of Joe Berlingo kind of talking about the trailer, but I have seen people kind of interpret it as that's Ted Bundy's interpretation or that was Lily's interpretation of Ted Bundy, where he was eccentric, where he was, you know, really um, over the top and things like that, which, you know, to a degree he was. So, I mean, I don't know what you guys particularly thought, Carlos, since, you know, you've been super quiet about this whole thing. What, what, what did you think about this trailer? I, this is a debate as old as movies, essentially. <laughs> it's like, I, I, like, I feel like we have this debate every other year, at least, of, you know, is this movie glorifying X? Is this movie, uh, you know, making light of Y? And it's like, I don't know, like, most of the time I fall on the side of, 
they're just making a movie, man. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm not on the outrage side of this. I, you know, I like movies like this generally. Like, I, people were saying, it's a much different level, but people were saying the same thing about uh, Wolf of Wall Street. They were glorifying Jordan Belfort and what he did. Okay. It's, right. it's completely different, but I, you know, like, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't think. Uh, with, with Wolf of Wall Street? Well, yeah, they were, but it was intentional, like the excess and the the gratuitous. Yeah, amount that was of, the like, point, and uh, you know, and money, and yeah, I I don't yeah. know, like I I feel like this could work, and I also feel like they're just this is the this is the character in a way, like yes, he it's obviously did terrible things, but like that's the whole the way he got these women was by being super charming. Like, I don't know. Like it, it, it makes sense to me to on a certain level, but I don't know. What do you guys think? I feel like Noah's super passionate about this. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not, all right. All right. Yeah. I did get into a little bit of a, I mean, it wasn't really a Twitter argument, but I talked with Matt and Chucky about it on Twitter. Um, so it's interesting to me because when a lot of people have come to the defense of this trailer, which I mean, I don't, Sure, I don't really get that, but um, or I, like whatever. What I mean is, people are saying, "Well, that's not the point. That's not, or, or that is the point of the trailer is that it's trying to glorify or uh, give people the idea of what um, people saw in Ted Bundy when he was around back in the day." That was a terrible sense. I couldn't. Jeez. <laughs> um. Anyways. <laughs> um. And it's interesting to me because I did not find the trailer to paint Ted Bundy as a likable guy mm-hmm. in the sense that he was perceived when he was um, on trial. Yeah. I thought the trailer painted him as a rock star, as like a rebel, as a cool guy who like looks at the camera mm-hmm. and he like winks and he escapes and he's like this, you know, he's it's like an anti-hero. It's like it doesn't exist in reality. It's It was weird yeah. to me. Um, and I mean, that's okay. You can make that, um, sort of, uh, artistic statement in, in your movie. I'm not, I'm not going to try and shut you down, but I think it's a conversation we can have, especially when, you know, Ted Bundy is known for, you know, people like, if you give these people this power, you know, even posthumously, like, you're like, wow, Ted Bundy was pretty attractive. He wasn't that, maybe he wasn't that bad. I don't know. Like, I've seen people say that. Like, we <laughs> talked about that on Twitter. Yeah. Like, or we, we talked about that. Like, people are like, oh, wow, Ted Bundy. He's he was a looker. <laughs> yeah, he's, a, he's a good looking guy. And I just think, I don't know. I, would they say the same thing if someone made a movie about Hitler, but it was like from Eva Brown's perspective mm-hmm. and like his wife yeah. and it painted him as like, cause Hitler was charismatic. I mean, I don't know. I, I just, a lot of different thoughts going through my mind about this. I'll see it. I mean, you know, I think it's interesting to think about and to sort of, it, it blows my mind that it's the same director, like as the, uh, as the series, like, wow. Talk about, like you said, two different tones. That's crazy. That's what I'm saying. It blew my mind because I was just like, you know, watching it, it was, it was, I was like, okay, this is interesting. Like, I don't, I, I, for one, I, I kind of said, I was like, whoa, whoa, 
This is literally yeah. going to offend everybody that's in this documentary. And then, I, then just finding out that it was directed by a seminar, I was like, what the, what happened? Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. what happened, man? Like, <laughs> so which victims. side of this trailer are you on, Ozzy? <sighs> man, I I need to see, because, like, that whole, the whole thing was where people were just saying, like, okay, they're, they're showing his eccentric side. I'm just like, okay. I get it. Like, I wouldn't be... Like, it's weird on how it was depicted, but I understand where you're coming from. Not that I would have gone that particular route, but I understand where you're coming from. But um, I want to see more interviews with the director because I'm just kind of at a loss here. Because, it, like, Carlos, you need to watch these these document like these documentaries mm-hmm. because it's literally so creepy. Like, it literally kept me... Like, I, like, I couldn't stop thinking about it. Even, you know driving at night to go to Walmart to go pick something up. Like I couldn't stop thinking about it because this dude would do it. You know, he would do things late at night and people would be missing and never come back. And it's just getting a trailer where, you know, where Zach Efron is just like, yeah, I have to plan my escape. And then you just see him running kind of funnily, like Jack Sparrow, just running. That's just like, what is this? Like, it was just kind of, he's like an anti-hero. Yeah. And it, it does not, it, it really doesn't make that much sense to me as to why he would go that particular route after he had just got discussing with the, you know, victims, the, you know, former policemen and everything, but how dark this guy was. So it kind of just blows my mind on the whole thing. So I'm honestly at a loss. Like, I'm kind of just in the middle, like, I get that other side, but I also agree with this side. Should he really taking that particular route and, and really releasing a trailer in that, that particular way? So, uh, yeah, I'm kind of like, 50 50 right now mm-hmm. i have to see i have to i have to i have to see more interviews with the director to see why he went this particular route and things like that because i believe on twitter there was a video um as to why that director went that particular route but again i didn't i didn't see it i didn't have time um so i'm hoping to find it and, and kind of see and get more get more um more of a vision from the director from himself and what he was trying to kind of Instill in that direct in, in that in that trailer. Yeah, it's funny. I, I have to be careful what I say in my criticism of this movie's trailer, because Quentin Tarantino's next movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, exactly. is about the Charles Manson murder, and that's absolutely going to be glamorized. There's no way it's not. It's going to be all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So See, that's and that's my ultimate point is I feel like a, a lot of times we just get super selective about the. Kind the times when we criticize these things, and it's just like, at the end of the day, it's like sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. You know, I don't blame, I don't blame the studios for going for it sometimes, and I understand that there are certain lines that maybe you don't cross. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, and this might be one of them. They might be pushing it here, but I don't know. I I'm gonna wait to see the movie. Um, and this could also be just a situation where the trailer is just kind of. <laughs> Not anything not like the good. movie. It, it, not good. Well, then, then again, like there's people who love this trailer, so I, I don't know. Like I, I don't get that. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm very neutral in this trailer. I was like surprised that like it was like super talked about. Like when you were like, oh, there's like a lot of discussion about this. We should talk about it. I was like, is there? I, I, I don't know. Like I mean, my Twitter was blowing up. Yeah, people were sending tweets to me. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Most um, people upset about it. No, Most yeah. <laughs> um, but then if you go if you go on the comments of the YouTube video, it's all people defending the trailer. Like that's it. 
yeah, um, exactly. So, a discussion. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. All right. I think that pretty much wraps it up for this episode, unless there's anything I'm forgetting about. <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. So we will close it out here. Um, we will be having a bonus episode at some point with them going in-depth on... Or them being Terion and Kendrick and Enrique going in-depth on the Dragon Ball Super Broly movie. Uh, we had a regular review of that on the last episode. <laughs> so go uh, check that out. Um, but then, yeah, they, they really want to talk about that. So we'll be doing that. And, yeah, is there anything else uh, plug-wise we need to get out of the way, Ozzy? Um, I don't think so. No. Um, so. Well, can be continuing. I have a recommendation. Sure, we can do that. Movie recommendation. Go for it. Yeah. Uh, so, Enter the Dragon, one of Bruce Lee's movies, is on Netflix now, and man, it is, it is, it is something else. It is so funny, um, <laughs> and so entertaining. Like, it's it's like the quintessential '70s uh, martial arts movie. It has yeah. this like. Thick. I mean, it's an aesthetic now, but back then it's just like this is what we can do because it's pretty cheaply made, and um, you know, it's it remind. It's funny because like if you've seen Rush Hour two, is they take a lot from Enter the Dragon. Like a lot of the uh, the the of the the visual gags are pretty much lifted straight up. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a really entertaining movie. There's a lot of like. Kind of funny now, slow motion. Like Bruce Lee will just destroy a person in like one move, and it's it's so it's so over the top and crazy, and it's it's a great movie. I check it out. You know, all right. It's very very sixties and seventies. <laughs> Sounds fun to sure, me. Sure. Sounds fun to me. Yeah. All right, uh, Ozzy, you want to close this out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carlos, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Cherry456. Make sure you follow us all over social media, all at ScreenFellows. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube channel, website, all of it. Uh, Chucky's got some new reviews on the website. Go check that out. Um, yeah, perfect, I think that's it. Perfect. Perfect. And Noah, where can people find you? You can find me on at Twitter at Noah underscore Rask and at, uh, on Instagram at Brief underscore Intermission. Be sure to not follow me. I don't like new followers. Don't do it. Yikes. <laughs> don't it's a little bit of reverse psychology right there there we go <laughs> don't follow me <laughs> and you guys can follow me on twitter at castro ozzy and then if you guys have any recommendations please don't worry to have stuff um please <laughs> email me at ozzy.castro at screenfalls.com no dude i'm i'm like so creeped out with the whole thing i'm like oh god <laughs> no <laughs> Um, guys, we do hope you guys enjoyed the show. Please feel free to listen and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Overcast. Please rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Also, check out the YouTube channel. Guys, this is Spring Falls. Peace.